the problem is there's a distinct lack of evidence. I mean, wouldn't it be brilliant, though, if, if that was indeed my plan? If I did intend to prank Ellen like that as she entered the room, wouldn't what? that... Oh, huh? fuck. What? Ha- what? She's been saying? here all along. Right. Oh, snap. I'm your head examiner in Truesdale Postmortem, Ray Walsh. In Truesdale Postmortem. <laughs> Damn it, okay. The Scandinavian All I have to do is say that right, and I was just <laughs> running with it, but then you gave me that look. Okay. Who do we have with us here? We have... Uh, Kitto Madril. What, what do you do? Um, not much. <laughs> uh, in, in this instance, I'm the writer, creator a production manager, and I say assistant director, some say script consultant for the show. All round God. Um, that's Kato, not me. I'm Ellen Karnatza. I play Mary Truesdale. All round God. Oh. I'm Alex Horn. I'm an all round God. <laughs> and I play Truesdale. In Truesdale. Uh, today we're discussing episode two, so it should go without saying, but we'll give you a warning. Spoilers for episode two. Yeah, go listen to that, because it's good, so... Yeah. It's not like a chore or anything. I remember we said, if you remember, we said in episode one of Postmortem that episode two of the show was our favourite show. Yeah, it, it is. It yes, still is. It's a good show. Yeah. Um, before we get going with questions to our lovely, lovely guests... Ooh, look how lovely they are. Um, they we are going to go through... It's radio. They can't they can look. imagine how... We are so glamorous. They, they can imagine yeah. that they're using my eyes and I mean, seeing how lovely they get. Oh, don't remind me. <laughs> um, we are going to go through all of the thank yous that we can possibly for the show that I guess we can go through everyone. Yeah, so we had Dr. Mike Truesdale was Alex Horn. Scott Hopkins is Eli. Mary Truesdale's Ellen, who's with us. Lauren Truesdale is PJ Kennington. Dylan Watson is John Leslie, who unfortunately is not with us. I would love to have John with us. Not like he he's died. Alive, though, like yeah. he's just. He's oh no, 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 no! Sorry, that sounded really Although, dark. Then. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's Christ. just not with us <laughs> doing this post mortem. It's a shame. I really <laughs> love Dylan. Um, we have Evelyn Duran was Talia Moore. Mister Duran was Gareth Clark. Uh, Flora Watson was by Julia Byrne. Ted Baldwin, aka the lawyer, was Sammy Saunders. The priest was played by Ollie Jupiter Gibb. Person hitting on Scott slash receptionist by <laughs> Millie Hall. I love that description. Um, That's my girlfriend. That's yeah, the character you've always oh, wanted man. to play. Person uh, hitting on Scott. I mean, don't we all? <laughs> yeah. I, I gave her the best role in yeah. the show, arguably. <laughs> yeah, really did. Yeah. Uh, astonished guest was by Jamie M. Andrews. George what? Spelvin by Gavin Hughes. Caterer 
by our lovely Janet Lala Hamlin. Background chanting was... Oh, are you still doing the background chanting? I, I do chanting in the um, pub scene where I talk about wanting to drink with Martin and him downing it in eight. Oh, yes, so you do. That you was can, You can hear my... my um, artistic contribution voice-wise to the episode in that there were a lot of other contributions which i had to make last minute due to time time restraints and they've all been cut thank god so that's, <laughs> yeah. that's good you've made I other mean, contributions to i kind show, of love them you sent them all to me once you'd recorded them and i was like i really want these in the episode and then you <laughs> cut them all out i mean they should have been in the script to begin with you know, it's just the poem they were voiced by me, so... Well, I mean, this doomed. is... I think you can give yourself a break, considering this is the first time you've produced uh, a radio play. It's also the first time I've used my voice. Just ever. Yeah. It's impressive. <laughs> you're, do, you're doing it very I'm doing, well. I'm doing very well. Mm. Um, it featured title music by Ben Greenland and Chris Tinsley, end music by Ronnie Cook, and the techno song White Smurfs by Ben Greenland as well as Lauren's song, written by Janet Lala Hamden, which we're going to talk about a bit, in a bit, and performed by PJ Kennington, who is Lauren. Our sound engineers were Sankat Saria, Matt Jarvis, Chris Tinsley, and Ralph Whitehead. And the episode was edited and mixed by Hugh Wilkins. And our rap consultant was Sammy Saunders, which I really want to talk Sammy. about. And I am so... It's, it's a shame that we can't have Eva, Sammy, or Eli here, but that, that rap man... That rap is my life. It was just, it's that right combination of of desperation and genuine arti- <laughs> artistic mm-hmm. creation that just makes me go, man, that is, that is me if I just started rapping in public. I would just <laughs> sort of be like, oh my God, this is happening. It's still going. It's great. <laughs> Except I can't running rap. Out of control. Don't, don't take that as an indication that I know how to rap because I don't. Um, guys, episode two. Ooh. Yeah, that was a fun one. I enjoyed, yeah. I really enjoyed recording episode two. Episode two has my absolute favourite mystery in it. Because I just like really, I like trick cabinet stuff mm. and all of that and like mm-hmm. fraud. I'm I'm super into fraud mystery. I mean, I'm is that a confession? Terrified. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as far as you know, I have not admitted to <laughs> anything illegal um. on this show. Um, what can I ask? Um, probably because I'm so excited to have the writer on the show, a lot's going to be directed at you this episode. Um, can I ask where the where the like baseline for the mystery came from? Uh, so, episode two, I came up with the idea of before I'd finished episode one, when I was just trying to work out where the series would go in general. And so, as with a lot of the writing of um, the show. It came from me scrolling through TV Tropes, the amazing website. Um, brief shout out, if any of you who are listening to this over the course of the series are an editor on TV Tropes, please add Truesdale and codify all of the tropes in it. But anyway, um, I was going through that <laughs> and I was just sort of looking at episode tropes and the common ones in sitcoms and all that kind of thing. And I came across the wedding trope, there's a wedding episodes, and I remembered all of them that I'd ever seen over the years and Everybody Loves Raymond and all those shows kind of thing and I just really wanted to I, I just had this scene in my head of Truesdale giving an awful best man speech that was the first scene I had of the entire episode and I just had to work out why he would do it <laughs> and what could possibly motivate him to do such an awful speech and it turns out it came from a place of hurt and that's the, the reason of it was what then led to the mystery the mystery came after 
me working out what the personal dynamic was and coming up with the character of Dylan. And so I then had to create a mystery to fit him rather than a character to fit the mystery. Um, but the trick cabinet, is that mm. is that Sherlock or is that something else? Okay, so the, the trick cabinet came from... Um, there's an amazing um, detective series that has inspired me a lot in life called The Mentalist. Oh, yes. yes. And it's inspired um, some of Scott's character in terms of um, the, the sort of the... The magic side of him is a resituating of Sherlock Holmes's sleight of hand, sort of pickpocketing side of things, and Scott's um, disguises is, is sort of cosplaying as a resituating of the disguises that Sherlock uses. But my desire to have magic be an important plot point and sort of in episodes was because my great love for this show, The Mentalist, and Simon Baker, who plays Patrick Jane, the, the lead detective, the, the mentalist, the titular mentalist. And um, it's just my desire to sort of try and capture that fun and that sense of trickery from that. And the cabinet was was an easy plot gimmick. Yeah, I mean, uh, what did did you when you were started reading the script, Alex? Yeah, and you as well, because of course you're still in the episode. And I see. <laughs> did you read the whole script, or did you um, just read your? I part? would like to say yes. But I actually I like listening to the episodes and not knowing what's going to happen. That's and also like because Mary's so removed from the other mysteries, it's quite like quite easy and quite nice to stay separate from that mm. and just read my bits. Well, I would still <laughs> ask, did you guys figure out what was going on before you actually read it? Uh, no. no, not at all. Like, I genuinely didn't. I I. I I was reading because we were reading it through in order and recording it sort of. Uh, chronologically and so I was genuinely getting further through the story as we were recording it and so no I had no idea about the the ending Mm. which is pretty impressive if Mm. your lead actor is still like "Uh." (laughs) yeah I would say it's kind of impressive if i didn't know you and your sort of attention to the scripts Uh, okay (laughs) listen so for for our lovely listeners at home i like ellen also don't read any parts that aren't mine however i probably should so i still don't know what happens in yeah anything Um, i'm not i'm not going to say anything about it because it's a spoiler but um it's kind of a running joke as i play another character later in the show uh, mm. Alex refuses to remember this character. I genuinely... Oh, I... You do what? <laughs> you... Oh, we've had this conversation before and I genuinely forgot. Oh, no. We've had it. We've had this conversation yeah. almost six times Jesus now. <laughs> where I bring up my character and my character's relationship to yours. And you wait. go, wait, who's that again? No, I do. Do you even is this remember real? our oh, this, isn't, this is genuinely oh. real. I'm a terrible, Alex, terrible person. I thought you were doing a bit. That's painful. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> That's all right, I'm just no. a bad actor. <laughs> oh, no, you're, you're an exceptional it's actor. It's not a bad you're acting a very thing. Good actor. It genuinely, it's, I'm mm. just genuinely impressed at this point. We've <laughs> 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 had this conversation this many times times and you mm. still forget yeah. i just i uh i know mm. truesdale and i know don't, scott don't say the you name of the character i don't know the name of the yeah. character yeah i was gonna say can you mouth the name of the character no. at me? and you can't that's fine we, li- we talked about this <laughs> lo- right. we talked about this on friday i know okay, <laughs> um what about you do you did you have any inkling about the mystery when you're I listening still... to the episode at least I still don't know. 
Well, I haven't heard heard the episode yet at this point. To be fair, so you were talking about the rap. I don't. You, I haven't heard the rap. Listened to I haven't listened two. to any of episode two, well, so it's, I still have no idea. Yet. Yeah, um, at we're this recording point in time. this in advance of episode two being <clears> released. Hopefully tomorrow. All oh, right. Yeah, so I, I get special, no special privileges. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that draft you heard—that's that's not the finished thing. My God, <laughs> I know, <laughs> but I really liked it. It's yeah. like a, I love, Aww. I love, yeah, no. all about it. I, I have um, a point about um, the ending and its sort of surprising nature to some degree, by the way, mm-hmm. as well, because the, the thing is, I think it's more surprising to some people than it is others, because to some degree, it comes as a twist just because of the lack of representation of pansexuality and Mm -hmm. bisexual people Mm -hmm. in media in general. I mean, we, that's not the actual, meant to be the twist of the ending. That's Mm -hmm. the, Tuesday sexuality isn't meant to be a twist because we've used it in promotional sort of advertisement and we've used it, you know, we talked about it on the show last week, you Mm -hmm. know, for after episode one. So that's not meant to be the twist. But for those who aren't used to representations of bisexuality and pansexuality, I think, that sort of personal connection to it does come as surprising. As my, as one of my editors, Catherine, said, it's surprising if, you, you know, for straight people. <laughs> yeah, um, that's what I was going to ask about next because we talked about the practical side of the mystery, but did you kind of, like, read the emotional side of the mystery? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I got For me, that comes across that. really clearly. Yeah, right. I was like, oh, I get what's going on here. Yeah, so, so I got the, um, the emotional side uh, and the personal side kind of before i was told about it i kind of had clocked that um but uh the the actual like practical side the mm. the fraud as you were saying i, I think we can say uh, we've all met a dylan we've all fallen in love with a dylan oh god <laughs> fallen in love with so many dylans <laughs> you've fallen in love with any dylans i've fallen in love with the actual dylan, well yeah you, you have fallen in love with <laughs> Yeah, but well, he's not, not. He doesn't. He's playing a very different character to himself. Yeah. Let's to, just clarify to that. To explain, but... <laughs> um, inside the super duper reality that we actually all live in, uh. Ellen. Oh God! That oh, what was that noise? Like, that was. Um, <laughs> I assume. That, I think that was just a noise that we all make at this time of year. Yeah. Um, the idea. Of Ellen of is uh, dating the lovely John Leslie, yes. who we all know and love. Yeah. And who is not like Dylan in real life. No. Thank no, God. Not at all. No. Why is everybody laughing at that? <laughs> no, no. Because we're all just like, we don't know how to be fully convincing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, we really, it's really important that we convince everyone that John isn't like Dylan. No. And yeah. we're so ang- I feel like we were also immediately anxious mm. about convincing people about that, that we yeah. all just started going, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like we're going to go through this a, a several, several times on the show later on with other sort of future villains and there's going to be a lot more extreme examples where we have to be yes, really like absolutely the actor is um, a lovely lovely person do not conflate them yeah, I, I will say in advance I know yeah. what you're hinting at yeah. and yes I absolutely agree yeah. see whereas I am as horrible as Truesdale so yeah. that's just yeah um yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, next question next question moving on moving on um just sort of generally, Kito, how are mm. you feeling? 
we've got episode two done. What's your oh. what's your emotional landscape oh my looking God. like? That's that's a very loaded question, especially <laughs> yeah, for you be. as someone who knows me. <laughs> um, so yesterday I finished the first draft of episode six, the finale yes, of series one, you told me. which I have no idea about. It's <laughs> that's so fine. That's fine. Um, Everyone dies. All of you so, die. oh, no. so much death. So, All the death. The so, world blows up. <laughs> so, fourth so, uh, fifth so, oh my god. Anyway, basically, I'm now at a word count for the show on the whole of 96,900 words, which Oof. is 2,000 more words roughly than The Hobbit. Suck it, J.R.R. Tolkien. That, that was his shortest one. But. Yeah, okay, but <laughs> still. Still, an epic. Still, you know, and um, I don't know, I'm... I'm tired. In all honesty, I'm incredibly, incredibly tired. I mean, I, I had a... That I doesn't had, sound like you at all. No, I mean, I was, I've always been tired all my life, but I'm more tired than I've ever been. And I didn't expect to be this tired, and I didn't realise how tired I would be, and mm. I expected to be more tired, but there's so much work and so many just day-to-day activities of messaging people making sure stuff that happens on time editing scripts trying to make stuff work and just it it doesn't end there's no respite you can have an evening off but you can never have a week off and it keeps going and i think up until recently i was starting to become disheartened in all honesty i was starting to lose my sort of passion and my happiness with true cells as a project and the scripts are great, the acting is amazing, and it's so good to hear the episodes out now. But I have to be honest, it's been a really tough process. And, mm. yeah. Yeah, I remember us talking about this, like, was what was it, like, a month ago now? Or was it mm. three weeks or something? And you just, we were in the library, and you were just having a moment where you were like, can I... It was sort of a that you didn't want to stop, but you just had a moment where you were like, mm. it's just, it's so much, and... And I think, I think most people have that with something this amazing, though. Mm. Like that's completely usual. It's just that you yeah. get to this point where you're like, my whole creative landscape is dictated by this one thing I do, and mm. what if people don't mm. even <clears throat> like it? Yeah, but it's people like love it. The reality of being and a writer, it's yeah. Like, mm. It's romanticized a lot, but then it's actually just a lot of work. <laughs> no, no, it's yeah. I. I found as well because I I have a job, a paid job that I do, that um, I'm on call from five o'clock in the evening till nine in the morning on weekdays, and I'm on call 24-7 on the weekends, and I often have call-outs in the night. And I've got my university degree, I've got 14,000 words I have to write at the moment for my dissertation, my dissertation essay, and my creative piece. Uh, and um, all of that, and having a personal life, and having self-care and trying to keep your mental health state up is very difficult. And it gets to the point that because the project is so much of my time, my mental health is intrinsically linked to how I feel mm. work on it has gone each day. Which is a difficult thing because it shouldn't. It shouldn't be connected to your work output and that shouldn't be where you get your self-esteem. But invariably for a lot of writers that's where it comes about. And I, I don't want... 
I want you to know if you're listening to this and you want to make a podcast and you want to be a writer and you want to do this stuff, you can and you can achieve it and you can do all this amazing thing. And it, I haven't hit any wall where I found that I can't do this. I can do all of this, but I just I don't want people to think that it's easy or that it won't take its toll on you. And you have to be really careful about that because that's something I didn't take into account as much as when I started it. And I, I, I'm, I'm incredibly happy, but it takes a toll. It really does. Um, well, I think I'm the first in saying that we're all here for you anyway. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I know. Yeah, You're I, very I, I, I love I, you all. I don't... <laughs> let's not misrepresent this. Like, mm. um, I think we can all agree. And mm. As someone who's been working on, like, five different projects, some of them overlapping this year, yeah, it does mm. take mm. a toll. But the thing about particularly be about being at uni is you're surrounded by so many people who want to help you mm. mm -hmm. and i think that's been the main thing with truesdale is that like it's so overwhelming particularly for you because you're in charge mm. of it and it's your baby mm. <laughs> but there's like a ton of really amazing people keep leaving who... it in the car <laughs> don't do that don't do that <laughs> Oh no. oh no! There's a heat wave coming. Oh, the baby! No, <laughs> no. Even without heat waves, don't do that. No. Well, okay. Yeah. Yes. Any, any. Uh, just don't. Oh, we were just yeah. upping the. We were just right. upping the scale. Yeah. On the, just yeah. just yeah. increase the stakes on this baby. Don't. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, I, I think I, I would just like to say, like, I don't think this could have been done anywhere else. Like you were saying about university mm. being yeah. a community full of people who want to support each other. I couldn't see this show getting made mm. in a, anywhere other than here just because of the nature of this university in particular. Mm, yeah. I think just being surrounded by other creatives is so fundamental to Big it. Big up Falmouth. And yeah, that's the thing as well. Like as much as occasionally, you know, we're students and we pay a lot of money, so we're liable to gripe about our relationship <laughs> right. with the uni. But mm -hmm. both like Exeter and Falmouth. Um, I'm the only Exeter student because you're yeah. all students. Mm -hmm. But mm. um, our campus has students from two different universities is very complicated and we're not going to get into it but um like they are so supportive of both like extracurricular creative mm -hmm. projects and just extracurricular projects in general but also of sort of like student work yeah and like i mean i can't speak for your guys uni, uni but they're like so supportive for my well-being and i think they understand really well just like how much people are our age get like invested into the work yeah like i know that every time i take on a new project i'm like well i've just ripped out my heart and handed it <laughs> to this project yeah um so if it doesn't succeed that's just 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 yeah. a fragment of me gone i think you know? they're very good at at teaching you that yeah you're gonna hand over like a bit of your heart and soul and something that you care so passionately yeah. about but then like kito is saying like it's <clears throat> They teach you that it is work, like it is, it's draining, it's the, it's not nine to five, it's like 24 seven, like you're mm. going to be dreaming about it and stressing about it and you've got to really gonna... be prepared to yeah. to commit to it. It's not like a romantic. I'm going to miss the least about mm. academic work is that you'll wake up at like 12 at night and be like, I just had an idea. Yeah, got to write that now. Got to write that down. I don't know if I'm ever going to get rid of that. I, I, yeah, I don't think uh, I'll I ever mean, go. As someone who's <laughs> thinking of being doing further creative work, I know I'm still going to be doing that, but at least I can like control, at least I'm not 
like at least I might have slightly more control over my own deadlines. Yeah. Mm. Um. Uh, I want to do a question that we were given now because people are giving us questions. Um, I think we're gonna first go for. Hmm. Oh God! All of these are so good. Thanks, guys. Send Uh, more questions. questions. Kitto, how do they send questions? Uh, You can tweet at us at Dr. Truesdale, and you can message the Facebook page. Those are how we -hmm. should be getting our questions. Is is Dr. Truesdale, does that have got an underscore in it? Yeah, at Dr. Underscore Truesdale. Okay, cool. I'm going to do this one because I feel like it draws uh, Ellen into it. Ellen, it's not been a not really a question fully directed at you that's okay yeah. Bring it on. Um, uh, what do you think Truesdale most misses about being from home and that is for Alex from Dominic Philpot but I think it we can talk about oh, like boy. Yeah. your guys relationship in the context of that question just Mary, Mary's great <laughs> Mary is um, the best Yeah, coolest just... job coolest job on the show oh god you're gonna ask me about <laughs> what is her job title again Ship naval naval architect. Yeah, yeah. I know it's like ship designing, but I don't think that I didn't think that was the right right word. I um, briefly (laughs) frightened Ellen like a a week ago (laughs) by by saying I was gonna ask you about how how do boats work. I honestly looked it up and I was like, this is too complicated. I know they're meant to float. Mm. That's, that's a good start. That's about it. That's a good start with a boat. Personally, I don't think I could build a raft that would that would work, Um, but. That's okay. That's Mary. I don't have to get too invested right, in it. Right, yeah, it's a character. Like, it's fine. We are uh, separate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does Truesdale miss most about the UK? Is that the question? It says home, so home. I think you can say... I mean, what does Truesdale... How, what's Truesdale's conception of home, I guess? Is See, that like a country, a nation, a I gonna, people? I was going to make a joke, but it's like a self-referential joke. I was going <laughs> to say the doors. That, but like... <laughs> Is the Doors canon now? The Doors is in episode 3.5. Okay. So. And episode 6 as well. Okay. So I do not twice. understand this reference. Okay, so so to explain for Ellen and also the bemused listener, um, <laughs> we, we did some improv stuff with uh, Gavin and I trying to establish a relationship between Stephen and Truesdale. Mm. Is that yeah, right? That's really yeah. interesting. And I was, I was going over to Mary... Mary's house to to pick up some of my stuff I'd left while drunk while drunk yeah sounds about right right so and I decided in the moment that the thing I'd left behind was my cassette collection Mm -hmm. and the most important cassette that I needed was my the doors cassette (laughs) and I it just happened in a spur of the moment but it's become this this recurring joke that Truesdale just loves the doors yeah Cool. Uh, and so I think he misses the Doors played that does on decent. Seem like a very Truesdale band. Exactly. Yeah. yeah quite. Nice. Um, so yeah, the the Doors, uh, being able to listen to the Doors on better uh, sound form than on a boat. Can I make a weird pitch? I don't know why, but it popped into my head that Truesdale might also be into Here They Be Giants. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wait, Here They Be Giants. Or they might be giants. Oh no, it's they might be giants. They might be giants. I I would like to formally (laughs) apologise to that band that I messed up your name. They might be giants is definitely a Truesdale. I know one of their songs. I know many of their songs. Don't start because I love that song. That's fair. 
I, I, I feel like he'd be a, a fan of Particle Man, which is a oh, great song. Oh, actually, no, I have heard that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you like? Have you guys done any riffing as a couple? Or have you just done what's... Did we Not do? actually no. like improv or in the context of True Cell, but I feel like just because we have to run a society together and mm. have been in several other productions together, playing a weirdly similar dynamic. Yeah, do you want to talk about that? Do you want to talk about yeah. how, how we basically play the same relationship in three productions yeah, now? Yeah, pretty much like at the same time. Yeah. Um, mm. So we've been playing, what are we playing at the moment? Brother and Sister at the moment in Harvey. Come see it at the Poly, 25th to the 27th of May, if you're in Falmouth. Yeah. Um, and that's like, I'm generally always just sort of bemused and a bit exasperated with you yeah. in general in all of our character relationships. So yeah. there's been brother and sister. I've played your secretary in Dirk Gently. Yeah. Mm. A very, very irritated secretary. Yeah, it was, um, again, sort of bemused and irritated. Yeah. Um, you're generally off doing like bigger things and being like, oh, I'm so clever and so brilliant. We and I'm like, for fuck's yeah. sake, can I swear? Me, yeah, yeah, sure. Me and yeah, you yeah. have okay. the weirdest scenes together on stage. Oh, yeah. That? Oh, man. There is not a single like play that we've been in where we haven't had a really weird scene together. That's true. <laughs> Even Twelfth Night. Yeah. yeah, it was like bizarre. Twelfth night because you were oh god, what's your character's name? Antonio. Yes. Antonio and I was Viola. It's yes. just you yelling at me and me being like. <laughs> yeah, hey, I, I remember thanks, interrupting bro. a dance party because of the particular version that we were doing. Uh, I think it was. I'm a, not sure Shakespeare wrote a that. Wee fi- a wee dance party battle thing. Uh, I ran on stage and like, grabbed a Wiimote. It, what's what's the weirdest thing I've done on stage? Is it that dance party or me spitting an entire satsuma out of my mouth? Wait, was that... Did that come out of your mouth? <laughs> you didn't know that came out of my mouth? No. Okay, we're not going to get into that because that's a whole other <laughs> story. I'm sure we're going to get a question about that. Uh, another question from the fans. Um, uh, another one for you. Okay. How did you approach the best man speech? Who's that from? It's from Millie Cole. Oh. I love you, Millie. Millie, shout out Millie. to Millie. Uh, I. You're all right. <laughs> you're, you're really good. You're, you're really great. Um, I regret this bit. Are you talking to me or Millie? To Millie. Oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> I just thought maybe for once, words of affirmation. No, don't. No, 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 Alex, you're. <laughs> Honestly, without... Alex, don't do this now. <laughs> Just like sweeping up the car. Oh, now I feel like I have to form some impromptu. No, 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 no. no, no, be, no. It would be Alex... insincere now. Yeah. Alex, <laughs> Alex is doing an ego play. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Uh, as always. Needy. God. Um, how did I approach the wedding speech? Oh, man. First, I swore a lot at Kitto <laughs> for writing me a mammoth speech. A ten minute monologue. Yeah, that's good. Ten minutes. Oh yeah, Christ. I love that. I'm Ooh. excited. Yeah, so uh, so I I, I I cursed the writer and <laughs> then I read it through, laughed a lot at the jokes in it because it was very good. I I really like that speech. It was one of my favorite things to record. Um, the suggestion was floated that I get actually drunk, uh, and I was mm. so up for that, <laughs> except that it turned out I had to drive. Me. Janet and the equipment to the location to record, and uh, uh, it's not compatible. Don't drink and drive. Uh, um, yeah. So, so I didn't get drunk. Instead, I uh, actually span around 
a lot. Uh, I stood up in front of the microphone, got ready, did my mic check, and then span around really quickly. <laughs> and then I had like the fuzzy head. I really wish I'd been there. It yeah. was so good. Uh, I So yeah, I span around and then I uh, like basically put a slur on my voice a little bit by, by pushing my jaw slightly forward. I'm not going to do it now because it Look, will make terrible audio. acting techniques. They're so interesting to hear. And I'm like, oh, I'll just jot these down. Yeah, so, so I like I'll push my jaw. Around. Spin around. Spin around and then press. push my jaw slightly forward to make a slur. And then like I basically, by the end of it, it was really weird. We did a couple takes and I kind of felt a bit drunk <laughs> because of the, the way that the speech is is constructed and also the way that I was sounding made me feel a little bit mm. drunk it was very strange i had to sit down for a minute <laughs> i could not have made a an articulate speech such as the one true cell makes in as the best man speech like i couldn't be that funny and yeah just i'm not able to well, do that while when drunk, drunk or just yeah. just well in general <laughs> but especially when drunk this, um, this is weird but i actually have i i improv that speech at um an open mic night I perform at regularly, um, Spokes, which has come to its third and final year, and I actually got drunk <laughs> and, and improv that speech on on stage for that. Uh, it was very good. Yeah, did you have yeah. someone write it down then? Or did no, you just remember I, I what had I had fifty post-it notes that had like like just a thing like shark in big <laughs> letters. It's very Truesdale thing to do. Or it had Nigeria uh-huh. or you know stuff like that, Buzz and then words, I, yeah. I threw them away sort of dramatically as I pulled them off then I'd lose some and I'd have to just try and work mm-hmm. with it and I sort of I had a hip flask as well that I borrowed from Eli who was there mm-hmm. you know Eli who plays Scott and yeah it's it's a weird one for me as a speech because I was talking to Janet afterwards and um, I was talking about how I really I'd been told in editing that I should cut it down and I'd realised I should and then I just proceeded not to do that <laughs> yeah thanks for um, that yeah I yeah. know and, um, and then Janet was like oh I thought you were. I thought it was an artistic choice. I thought you were trying to sort of push the boundaries by having a ten-minute monologue, and I was like, no, I just <laughs> hadn't got down to cutting it down. Really, <laughs> to be honest, I really like that about that speech. Yeah. is yeah. that you're like, oh, it's still going. Okay, yeah. maybe you want to tone it down a bit. It's just like you imagine, like in my head, I had a really strong visual image of like five people thinking about getting up like yeah, every every two minutes and being like, should I stop this from happening? Mm. And everyone's mm. just like too British. Is that not every Bassman speech ever? Like yeah. at any wedding mm. you've been to? It's just See, like, why have you not stopped talking? There's always, for me, like all my experience of best man speeches is that they're all fine except that one thing that they say where you're like, mm. yeah. You're like, oh, don't. No. Generally, when they talk about the bride, and you're like, mm, I wanted to ask, don't. has anyone like been to a wedding recently? Has it gone this badly? Not recently. Can I'm I... going to one. I'm very excited. Mm. About oh, that. I'm going to one in the summer as well. I can, I can tell my wedding facts, which are that I have only <laughs> ever been to one wedding, and I was paid. Oh, You're paid to go yeah. as a guest? No, oh. as a singer. <laughs> Um, oh, because I have not. never been to a wedding God because it, no, I don't have a very large family and none of them have ever got married. And so, yeah, I've I've never been. I've been to one wedding. It was at my local church and I was paid to be there to <laughs> sing. Mm. At least you weren't paid to be there as a guest. That would be really sad. Oh man, fluff your numbers by yeah. paying. Yeah, oh. you never be... need to fluff your numbers for a wedding. I, mean, I don't know about you. Rude. I might have to fluff my wed- my numbers for a wedding. You'd if be I had surprised. A like ev- for everyone's obsessed with going to weddings, and if you don't mm. invite the right people, yeah. they will oh, literally you know a lot kill of people, you. Alex, you've got a lot of friends. I mean, I know a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, a lot of people like you. Whether you like them back <laughs> is uh, is another thing. I'm going to my uh, brother's wedding this summer, and oh. I my number one thing is that I'm very sure I don't know any of the new people that he spends time with, and I'm just going to be... Just, and also, I'm not like super close to because he's my stepbrother. I'm not super mm-hmm. close to like his, yeah, his I mean, step I mean, side I mean, of the like, family. Yeah. It makes me uh, super like, anxious. Ugh. Like the whole uh, going to a wedding and being like, "Oh, I know four people out of 150 people in this room." I would just kill me. I'm That's that awkward me. age as well, where I'm not like 30 or something, so I can't just be like that 30 year old who doesn't know anyone. But I'm not a little kid either, so I can't just sort of run around throwing things about. I'm I mean, just I sort might. of that you like can. half adult where I am like, ha ha ha. Right. I'm here. I mean, the solution to that is to just get drunk. Get yeah, drunk. get really drunk. Don't I wasn't going to say that because I felt like that was irresponsible I advice. Knew you guys yeah. were going to say that. Don't, um, don't do it, kids. The, not talking about me now. The question <laughs> I wanted to ask him relating to the wedding speech mm-hmm. is we made a very special pledge that every post-mortem we would actually talk about marine life. Yes, and recommend a charity. Yes, uh, I will get to that. Okay, cool. But... Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the main thing that comes up to me that doesn't come up so much before this or after this is oil spills mm-hmm. and sort of like cleaning up marine life. Mm-hmm. Because... Um, what specifically is Dylan's job? So he like works to smooth over. Yeah, so so like he does PR, surface he? he does surface level marine biology work where he's paid to do sort of look here we're here at this site and we've helped preserve and conserve this stuff, but it's just a tiny drop of the money they're actually making. So he's he's someone who's paid to do his job as performance rather than him actually doing marine biology because he cares about marine life. He's mm-hmm. just getting He's getting paid because he's sold out. Is he called like marine life consultant or something like that? I mean, advocate. <laughs> I mean that—that's the thing. I think I—I I do. I, I try and make it very clear that he's still he, his work's still a marine biologist. He's still a marine, mm-hmm. you know, because in that way, I think it, it works best as the sort of the shadow, as him as the sort of shadow, narratively speaking, to Truesdale, in that they are they do they have the same job. It's just two completely different paths, and it could have been one that Truesdale himself could have gone down. Mm. Do you feel like what's the circumstances by which Truesdale sells out? By which Truesdale sells out? Yeah, oh, I'm man. really curious what your, I mean, your take is. Yeah, so Truesdale. I don't know how much I can say. I don't want to like spoil anything about his mysterious past. Mm. But he used to be a lot more active, and I think. I think this... we can intonate that from how passionate right. he is. Yeah, so. where mm. especially in this in the wedding speech. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he's almost sold out by doing this this reef fish research. I mean, it, as uh, as Jerome sold says, sold out in would imply one, he's being paid for it. I do agree with you, though, in the sense that it's not it's not sold out as in monetary, sold mm. out to someone else. But it's the sense that he's kind of, he he's aiming small. Yeah, he's like sold his purpose almost. It's not like mm. sort of like, activism. Yeah, I mean, it, it just seems like he has lost sight of, of the bigger picture. You might say it's he stopped sad. searching for the truth and has started searching for himself. Stopped searching for the true and started searching for the Zdale. Yeah. <laughs> oh. 
I like that about the moment. <laughs> um, I feel like he's running away from himself. Yeah, so oil spills. Um, mm-hmm. The certainly, um, I think it's important to everyone to know that we, luckily, as a society, are constantly decreasing the amount of oil spills that we do. Like, let's face it, I think as liberals, our relationship with oil companies is not 100% mm-hmm. positive. Um, but uh, luckily, we are always decreasing that. Um, I want to make that fact important that mm. it's getting yeah. better, but it's still really bad. I think there were like one big and two small oil spills last year. Or is it two big and three small? Man, I should have... Too many is the answer. Too many. Too many. Um, I want to make clear that I think we all agree that <clears throat> one is too many. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and one of the biggest oil spills there's ever been, it's relevant to us, was right near the UK. So we, mm. and I think we as a country are very culpable in this whole thing. Which I think is I mean, it's why called on a British on Petroleum. A yeah, it was called British Petroleum. Let's talk about BP. Let's <laughs> not. Do we have no. to? No, 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 no. We're not going to. I, uh, I'd, I'd like to say something here, not not specifically about BP, yeah. but just um, in in the writing of episode two, I was on the Isle of Man, the place I come from, mm-hmm. for a brief amount of time, and it was late on night i tend to write most late at night when i should be sleeping and when there's no other distractions and i'm running out of time and i'd just been watching the show mr robot and i'm not going to say that that inspired this speech in a lot of ways but it did i mean it reads exactly like several of the monologues from that there are several lines that i think are pretty much me just rehashing lines have been said but there's a lot that isn't Good um, I, was, I was very i was very tired and i just i was i meant to go to sleep i just started researching examples of oil company crimes and looking on the website corporation watch mm. and i couldn't stop i couldn't stop going through them because i just found them shocking and mm. just it, to me, it's crazy that there are companies that are so big to fail, so too big to fail in in society, um, and they just they they manage to get away with so much. It's mentioned in the speech, but there are so many there are war crimes that are uh, attributable to these actions. There are there's there's entire wars that we can mm-hmm. say have links to desires to depopulate oil regions. There are native people who are sort of forced out of their homes mm-hmm. and deforestation and you know despotic regimes have been propped up by oil companies that came to light you know so that they mm. can best get the oil themselves and not have to you know it's it's there's it, it's crazy that this stuff is all out there and yet it doesn't matter yeah i mean my consideration was um, the charity that I've picked is a UK charity because I mm. think um, we're l- lucky to know that it seems like we're getting listeners who aren't from the UK mm. uh, but I wanted to mostly focus on UK charities for our shout out but my other consideration was big and relevant I was like do I want to try and get s- some sort of donation going to the Dakota Access Pipeline and I will bring that up now 
it's tricky because they basically went ahead and did it yeah, anyway. They, yeah. And then mm-hmm. there was an oil spill, which was exactly the fear. Great. Um, but uh, we are mostly sticking to marine life on the show. But mm-hmm. I think it's important to say that it's definitely this important impacts to mention that. people. Yeah, um, absolutely. If, if you can, uh, at least do your research on the, on, on the Dakota Pipeline mm-hmm. because just christ it's awful um so yeah if you can if you can kick a, a few bucks their way um yeah uh but yeah lo, let's focus on on the marine stuff yeah which is why i've picked the marine conservation society which is the uk's leading charity for the protection of our seas shores and wildlife and they do a lot of really good work um and they also sort of support sustainable living from the oceans Mm -hmm. so they're Mm -hmm. sort of looking at um making sure that they're still supporting industry but they're helping make that industry sustainable for everyone um and sort of cleaning up the oceans looking at pollution and rubbish um does anyone have anything they sort of like to say along this topic only that it's just really fitting with how my day is going today like just on an unre—it's sort of unrelated. Yeah, no, I've had my own a, oil. Spill. There was an oil spill <laughs> in my car. Oil spill. Yeah. <laughs> my own personal oil spill. So it's you not understand anyone but me? But I do smell oil, just engine oil coming off me. Yes, imagine, imagine, um, <clears throat> take that visual picture of Alan being covered in oil, and imagine that's your home, and your life, yeah. and your circumstances exactly. being covered in that's oil. That's how the fish feel. Um, so one more time, what is the name of that charity? Yeah, so that's the Marine Conservation Society. And they do a lot of good work. Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact, I was really struggling to find some people that do specifically oil cleanup. Really? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I spent ages researching. Weird. I don't know if it was just my shaft out. It might be my poor research technique. <laughs> um, but I was struggling to do people who specifically focus on oil cleanup. Yeah. To be fair, it is such like a specific thing. It's and it's really usually difficult. taken under the boundary of like other marine life cleanup stuff Mm -hmm. but i just want to say um thank you for over the years everyone who's ever volunteered in a cleanup it's absolutely amazing work it's not pretty or shiny it's thankless work it's thankless thankless work but thank you to those people who help clean Mm -hmm. up royal spills because it involves scrubbing a lot of animals from the sea Mm -hmm. it's not glamorous (laughs) at all but you guys do amazing work so everyone that was listening at home, just pause the episode and then clap. Yeah. I don't care if you're on the bus. Pause the episode. Round of applause. We're not going to do it here because it will ruin the audio. But mm. we're, just believe us that we're pausing and clapping and then we can carry on. Yeah. Okay, good. Thanks. Yeah. So you can get involved in the Marine Conservation Society. You can uh, support their campaigns. You can... Uh, there's volunteer programs that they have. Yeah. You can become a sea champion, which I that love. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I want to be a champion oh, of the that. sea. It's like that vine. Sand guardian. Oh, the sand guardian, guardian <laughs> of the, the sand. sand. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can fundraise for them. Uh, they have a plastic challenge where you can try and reduce your impact on the oceans. Um, and there's just so many opportunities they have for volunteering and fundraising. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. If you if you just get in that, I know all of us in our lives have had that like weird day where you suddenly decide you're like, I'm not doing enough charity work and I need to pick a thing. This might be the thing that you pick today if you're mm-hmm. having your charity crisis. That would be great. Yeah. Um, 
do you want to talk about straws? I kind of want to talk about straws. Are bad. Straws are bad. Well, plastic straws are bad. Yes. Yes. Um, if you, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of students listening to this. Obviously, there's a lot of students from our uni, but there might be students from other uni. Mm-hmm. One good thing you can do today is talk to your uni about the materials that they are using and how they impact the environment. Yeah. Just yeah. so. so. Plastic. Uh, bottles. Yeah. It applies to straws. Plastic straws are bad. They get stuck in all sorts of places. And yeah. So unnecessary as well. And so unnecessary. I just like on the on the tiniest local level. If you visit uh, a, a like, I don't know your local coffee shop and they have plastic straws for their cold drinks. Just like talk to them about it. Like make yeah. them aware of the issues if yeah. they're not make aware. Make them aware that also it's probably easier to use paper straws. Oh man, it's so much cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> so much better. Like being super cynical now the best thing that you can do to convince a company to change their policies is convince them that the more environmentally friendly thing is much cheaper to do oh yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah uh i just wanted to bring that up because it relates to marine life and it's been something that i've been thinking about a lot recently um we all live in a coastal town obviously Mm -hmm. currently Mm. um god i get so we're so busy, but I need to find something to do this summer to just mm. help out. Are you guys yeah, are I, planning on I, that? I have something beach there. Um, yeah. I've been planning to organise a beach clean with the Truesdale crew at some point. That would nice. be fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. That's, That's really my first time hearing about that. Just yeah. tie it in as a fan meetup. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. all meet up. We can get convince people to come to it by saying we'll like tell you our deepest and darkest fears and secrets and I won't. I didn't. Um, of the characters. <laughs> <like> that. <laughs> the characters. The characters, oh. not oh. the people. Yeah. Yeah. Not no, one's no I'm not, I won't do that either. Yeah. <laughs> it's too real. Let's let's just clean a beach. Yeah, let's just yeah. clean the beach and have a chat, <laughs> and, and then maybe chat. afterwards we can oh, man. grab I'm a always, beer or something. I always yeah. pitch the too extreme thing. Yeah, no, let, let's clean a beach for the rewards there. of cleaning the beach. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. but also I'll be there, so. Well, yeah, Alex <laughs> will be there. Yeah. That does change the entire dynamic of the beach clean. We cleaning the beach as us, not as our characters. No, no, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, it's just, like, it's just, a just beach to clean. clarify, it's not, it's not a photo shoot or a character thing. It's just yeah. Us oh no, getting together I was, and doing I was it. assuming that. I'm just, oh, I don't. Yeah. Just I thought you were like tell the deepest darkest I secrets of your characters. Like, do we have to? I was just, that? I was riffing, but <laughs> I, I can't be Gale for more than five minutes at a yeah. time. No. Or my other character. Spoilers. I don't I have enough patience to be Mary for that yeah. long. I want to clean a beach. But I have to I'm say, I'm cleaning like... the beach. It's <laughs> <laughs> an awful attempt to sort of riff off that I'm bringing the porpoise. Yeah. That's, can, that's I, iconic... can I shout oh, out okay. a thing that happened to me, which Janet was there for, which is that we had to, we called out the fire department to a beach because people had just dumped like a load of like still lit coals into the bin. Oh my God. Um, and the fire department seemed kind of like meh about it and we were just kind of like we were just really worried because there was a load of like fire in this yeah. bin because <laughs> um, it was at that point of summer um, that's like a really general good shout out is please properly put out your fires on and the beach and don't just dump sand on top because things will walk over the top of hot yeah. sand and you, that's really bad um, yeah. I my uh, dad is a GP and he has had to deal with someone stepping on hot sand yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not to get too graphic but Remember that sand is also glass. Yeah, so imagine it, it isn't pretty. And what happens when you heat sand? It's not just people either. It's 
the good good doggos on the, the beach good, good doggos. and also yeah. like walk barefoot everywhere guys and yeah. seagulls and i know it seems like it that they're walking everywhere and they have those good paws but that is their bare feet yeah yeah treat them kindly if pavements get too hot you shouldn't take them out because it'll yeah. just or give them little dog boots or little doggy oh. shoes <laughs> I'd like to talk about Tuesdale, though, moving yeah. off that a bit. Just, um, um, I've got a very specific thing that I think we should talk about before mm-hmm. we sort of get too close yeah, to sure. sort of the end. But um, I really want to talk about Tuesdale emotionally in the episode mm-hmm. and about how he treats Scott specifically. That's yeah. a really important yeah. thing to yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was something I was going to move on to, which okay. was like, how do you feel about being mean? That's a simple way to start, but like we'll expand on it. I mean, about being mean in general. <laughs> For those of you who yeah. can't see, that was, a shrug. that was just kind of like a sad shrug. Yeah, shrug, sad shrug. I, I, I do it a lot unintentionally. About being mean, either A, as Truesdale to Scott, or B, as Alex to Eli, I feel awful. Because I just, uh, it, it, it's really hard. We we did a did some like some re re records of some footage mm. of, of that specifically that that fight scene. Boy, I felt bad. I that was just like, oh man, I'm so sorry. I, I'm sorry to everyone. I'm not like that in real life. If you've listened, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it, yeah, it made me. I, I it was just uh an uncomfortable place to be mentally because it was like mm. i don't feel like that normally it's, it's one of the most important scenes in the series to me because i really wanted to i mean truesdale's what what we did with truesdale's we took sort of shark and watson we took them out of the world of high octane serial kills and all that made them mean just an intern so there's no natural requirement to respect them for people and I instead mm. wanted to take the tendencies they have that people let them get away with and to put those in a, a position where there's no reason for them to be that to act that way and still be respected. I wanted people to decide whether it's acceptable or, you know. Honestly, it for me, it was one of my... I don't want to say favourite things because it's depressing, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> it was one of my, like the thing that impacted on me most in the show because one thing I really hate about a lot of contemporary media is that they will have people in friendships being like horribly emotionally abusive to each other Mm -hmm. and there are no consequences for it and I know we've like talked about the BBC Sherlock version a lot and there's a lot I like about Mm. the way that they construct their mysteries but Sherlock is so mean Mm. and like if you actually treat people like that in your life it's not only is it's gonna impact your circle of friends but it's gonna impact how you feel about yourself yeah like being mean to other people makes you feel i mean that's what truesdale does immediately oh yeah he's like it feels really bad he's like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this he's like the person who's he's he's like cocking the gun and he's Mm. like i'm gonna do this and Mm. then he fires it and he's like i hate myself Mm. yeah and and that's so relatable for me anyway like i i don't want to i don't want to have to get angry and then i get angry and i'm like i didn't want to have to get angry Mm. um yeah what i intended to be important as well with it is it characterizes scott because 
Truesdale tries to apologise the next day and wants to address it because it's something that's a, it's a big deal. It needs to be addressed. Mm. And yet Scott isn't doesn't want to. He wants to just move on. And he's just like, yeah, no, we're not friends. Let's move on. And Scott doesn't have the ability to treat it seriously or with the weight it should because mm. he doesn't want to admit that he's hurt. And he can't yeah. admit that he is. And that's a really important characterization for Scott for me. It makes me so sad. Yeah. I I think that's like an important thing, like a reach out thing I want to say is, I mean, not only to the people who feel like they can't, I think there's a lot of people and it's particularly a big thing at our age that they feel like so gratified to have friends that they feel like they can't express disappointment mm -hmm. or sadness or betrayal. Um, for those people who don't feel like that and have friends who seem to like let everything brush off, just like genuinely occasionally just be like, please mm. tell me if I'm hurting you. Yeah. yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be, you know, it's not, I'm very positive about human interaction, mm -hmm. um, but we still like go through our lives doing little hurts every day. We just can't help it. <clears throat> because we're just collateral beings and we do all these small little shitty things and we also do small little amazing things but like just like asking someone how they feel every day is so yeah. important like ever since i started like doing that and having that done to me yeah like you know you leave high school and everyone's like a little bit like self-centered and impassionate in high school and it's just it's just where you're at as a teenager but so like refreshing i feel like as a uni environment this is some a place where we're all like checking each other's impact yeah but also um, for yourself like it's not it is yeah. self-centered to feel how you feel and to be able to mm -hmm. express that it's like you are worth communicating how you're feeling and it's not a bad thing to be feeling bad because mm. everybody's going to feel bad at some point but you have to be able to like work through it i mean that's the thing as well is that Truesdale and Scott have such a tricky relationship because it's that weird boundary of professional friendship, mentoring, and all of that, and that makes it so difficult to communicate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. absolutely. Like walking the line between professional and personal is always difficult, no yeah. matter mm. what environment you're in. Yeah. Um, especially being stuck on a boat together. I mean, I think that's the thing is that I I think. In the end, it's a growing experience for them both. But I think the flaw was that they originally, both of them go in saying they want a certain thing out of the relationship and mm. they both want something else. Yeah. And that's where the fault lies, mm. is that you should always be like clearing yourself yeah. and like clear to people like what you want out of a relationship. Because yeah. they both want like emotional support when they're claiming that they want like, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot that can be read with it and i think the good thing about it is that it's quite loose and so personal motivation stuff that it can be so transferred to so many people's mm. lives as just something that they connect with but for me what i what, what i want to do with true as well because i want to talk about his side of things as well because he, he treats scott awfully but the thing is truesdale is not a monster no he, he no. does he does you know he's he's quite horrible with what he says but I want to talk about why he does that to some degree and I think it's also why there's little that he sort of misses about home is because he's best when he's not around people 
this is this this is what's brought out of him by exposure to people and large groups and sort of this environment which brings out a slightly more manic side of him and it comes from a place of hurt and being unable to express or tell Scott about that hurt and so because he can't actually express it or talk about it it then gets taken out on Scott instead and I think that's that's sort of the big growth of the episode is that he ends at the end he's able to come out to Scott and talk about his past and his hurt and so that's how we know something an argument of that specific nature won't happen again because it came from a place of not being open on mm. those specific mm-hmm. subjects mm-hmm. but yeah there's um this is a bit so a bit silly but there's um um there's a Simon and Garfunkel song that I really think of when I think of Truesdale in episode 2 and episode 3 as well um I sort of I used to listen to it when I'd be trying to sort of write Truesdale it's um called the boxer mm. and there's a specific phrase of it in the clearing stands a boxer and a fighter by his trade and he carries the reminders of every glove that laid him down or cut him till he cried out in his anger and his shame i am leaving i am leaving but the fighter still remains and that for me is really the heart of who truesdale is because i think in a lot of stories what makes heroes heroes and i do think scott and truesdale to some degree are they're the heroes of the story but not in the traditional sense but what makes heroes in my book is that they suffer they suffer a great deal and yet it only makes them kinder yeah i mean i think it's like the specific kind as well because i would see like um i don't know if you would confirm this but in that way i would see scott as kind of the mirror to truesdale in that it seems to me like his general perspective and mental health has made him more empathetic Mm. like it seems like the way things he feels he's expanded that to like it's about like taking your feelings and expanding that to other people i think i think scott and truesdale are both very similar in their problems and flaws and that'll come across more with scott over time Mm -hmm. we're only starting to see many sort of you know views through the cracks at, at times now like I said, Scott not willing to accept the apology or dress it as a thing is is one of those. But for Scott, the thing is he, he empathises and he cares about things in a way that Truesdale doesn't. But I feel like that's largely because it means that he doesn't have to focus on his suffering or his problems. And so he turns that into focusing on every other mystery. Because at the heart of it, what I, I love detective fiction so much... I've watched, you know, all of The Mentalist, all of Monk, you know, all of these shows that I grew up with, Sherlock Holmes, you know, all all of these. And I, what I love about them is that it's about sort of solve, it's about dealing with trauma and taking a disruption to narrative and making a linear story out of a trauma to society and people and trying to provide some closure in a sense of a linear A to B explanation of why the world has been disrupted and so scott and truesdale every mystery they solve is them trying to assert a linear narrative and explanation on the world around them and deal with a trauma to to their sort of everyday activities and yet it's also about them trying to deal with their own trauma which they can't solve and isn't so easy to be resolved at the end of an episode it will always be there and no matter how hard they work 
it, it, there'll, there'll be some remnants of it. Mm. Um, now we're still on the topic of sort of relationships. I want to go to you again, because uh, you haven't had a lot of time. Um, I'm pointing at Alan. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're going to keep doing this, aren't we? Yeah. We're not We're not used to radio no. as people. We're stage actors. Um, <laughs> you have a very special relationship in the show, which is with your child, Lauren. Yes. Um, is this your first time playing a mother? I think so, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and in like a um, long-standing role. Um, oh, didn't you play the mum of Small Victories, though? Oh, yeah, but that was like a stand-in. Like, I've got yeah. a, got a, I want my play to be performed and I need to play a mum. Also, she's a plot device, so like she doesn't really have many lines. Mm. Shout um, out, that's an amazing play, Small Victories, thanks. about dealing with mental health yeah Check i'm sure out. it will be on a larger stage in the future you also Hopefully. play a mother in harvey oh god i've forgotten about <laughs> all my mothering roles i'm such a bad parent um yes i play a mother in a very harvey. different mother. very yeah. very different mother um wants what's best Helicopter for her mom. child but yeah is uh mm. is um yeah, very different. Uh, but yeah, Mary's relationship with Lauren is really, um, do you feel really like, important. I think like the brief thing that we touch upon in this episode is Mary is a very good mother, but Lauren might be going through a period yeah. where I think Mary doesn't quite understand what's yeah. going. Mary's having that teenage parenting moment where she's kind of like, yeah, I I want to be here for you, but I don't I know don't how to know communicate. How. Yeah, I think it's it's not even it's just not being aware of what she could be going through. And I what I really like about the writing of that relationship is that Mary isn't she's not a bad mother for not being aware or for not understanding. Mm. It's a very like empathetic way of writing um that relationship, but it's just showing that like these are things that parents could miss out on yeah. um with their children, but also, like this is is a very real way of dealing with it. I think um, I I relate so much. I mean, Lauren's consistently the character that I've related to on the show the mm. most, um, especially someone as someone who's like edited later scripts and stuff. Um, like, I feel like Lauren's capturing my high school experience yeah, a lot. Yeah. Um, and I've had that experience of like sharing creative work with a parent who just yeah. kind of goes, "Great." Yeah. <laughs> I think she gets like she's like, "Yep, you're really talented, but also music's like a way of expressing emotion, and I don't feel comfortable about the emotions you're expressing." Um, and I think, I think Mary knows there's something going on that she's not that mm. she knows Lauren's struggling because she reaches out to Mike about it, but I think she doesn't know how to deal with it really. Mm. Um, yeah. What do you guys think of, like, how do you... We've heard a little bit about it in episode two, but, like, what do you think was, like, the parent unit that you guys had when you were parenting Lauren, like, in the same home and stuff? Oh, boy. Probably, like, <laughs> Truesdale uh, just being like, hey, kiddo. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Truesdale was the... trying to be the, the older brother rather than yeah. the father. Mm. And I feel like that. Yeah. Mm just like they're trying to be chummy yeah but i think also incredibly protective oh yeah 
and but like not really knowing what to do with that feeling like there's obviously a very strong emotion mm. there i think mary probably came to it fairly naturally because she'd been parenting truesdale for so long <laughs> <laughs> she basically yeah. just oh, been looking after him mm, yeah <laughs> no i saw that long coming <laughs> yeah yeah let's do some quick fire questions oh this is one there's one that i really want to do okay which is quick fire so keep your answers short okay. um how are you guys how are you guys processing fan art Oh my god. So cool. I am so excited by all of the wonderful fan art that we have received. Kito, please shout out the name of the person that we were talking about the other day. At Indie Universe on Instagram, I have your amazing art as my phone screensaver. Mm -hmm. And it gives me energy. And honestly, just having someone listen to it and decide that it's worthy of their time to make art has reaffirmed my my belief that we're doing something truly worthwhile. Gene, mm. I wish that I had a thing on the internet to shout out, but I I don't mm. know any of your like Instagrams or anything mm. like that. But Gene, uh, who we're all friends with, yep. did yeah, the selfie with mm. Scott and Gail, mm. and it's absolutely beautiful. And there's also some amazing art by Drew Fletcher mm. with um, Scott dabbing over oh, yeah. Thin. Yeah. So good. Also, Get uh, Millie's doll. Guys. I consider oh, that. Felt oh yeah, Millie felt Truesdale. Yeah, I I don't <laughs> consider felt Truesdale fan art because it's such a important part of the. It's it's a part of the show. Yeah, know, the show it's art. still fan art though. Yeah. Millie is a fan. It's artistic. I've got some brief thank yous. I'll do yeah, very quickly. Just yeah. your final thank yous. So a shout out to Ben Greenland for editing, mixing, and producing, which isn't referenced in the credits. He did so much to help mm-hmm. episode two, you know, get to the place of being where it is now mm-hmm. and able to release. Um, Sammy Saunders, our rap consultant. The rap was phenomenal. Yeah. And uh, working with Sammy is one of the best experiences of the show for me. Mm-hmm. It, it's Just truly... a joyful human. Uh, quickly, guys, uh, say th- say one thing. We'll do this to finish off because it's a nice finisher. Okay. Say one thing that made you want to take part in Truesdale. Alex, go. The premise was so unlike anything I'd ever heard before. I had to find out what it was. Mm-hmm. The people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, for me, it's therapy, so hey <laughs> <laughs> And thank you so much. I've been Ray Walsh. I've been Alex Horn. I've been Ellen Karnatza. I've been Kito Madril. And we are signing off. Toot toot, that's the boat sailing away. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Why'd you do it, Kitto? I mean, I, I didn't do it. I, I'd never do it. But, my God, if I had, wouldn't, wouldn't that be quite impressive? Wait. And then other people do stuff. What? <laughs> uh, uh, Ellen, <laughs> what? Ellen's what? bit. Oh, fuck it. We'll use the first one.